Well, good morning, everybody. This is a little weird for me. Um, I was thinking back on the years, my years of, of affiliation with Sunshine. The very first time I spoke here, I was still in Gainesville and uh, kind of promoting the college ministry we had there. Pastor Bales had come here. And I remember two people. I remember Rick, because he talked about fishing. And I remembered uh, Terry Miller, because we went golfing with, with Terry. Because back in those days, Port Charlotte gave free golf, and you know Pastor loves his golf. And so we went, and I committed a mortal sin by playing golf. And <laughs> you see my golf game, it's that bad. Uh, a lot of changes through here. I spoke here as kind of a missionary. I've speak, spoken here as a youth pastor, as an associate pastor. Um, I came back to fill the pulpit after uh, I'd left and was pastoring in, in uh, Lake Mary. And then I've taught, I've done all sorts of things, but I've never spoken to, in, with uh, the possibility of becoming your senior pastor. So this morning, I just want to kind of share my heart with you. I want to tell you a little bit about us and our journey that God's put us on, put us and, and the, where he's taken us. For some of you, you'll re, there'll be lots of memories. And then, then I want to open up God's word and, and share the burden I have that God has put on my heart. As the bulletin says, Cindy and I and our family came here in 1999. January of 1999, after being in Arkansas working for Jim Wallace for uh, a year and a half, running a Christian school. Now let me tell you something, running a Christian school is a, a very um, interesting thing. Mm, I worked from 7 in the morning till 11 o'clock at night all the time. Uh, my son got to be a pretty good basketball player because he was stuck at the school all the time. And all he could do was shoot baskets. Um, we were really happy to come back to Florida. Uh, we had been in Gainesville. We moved to a little town, Camden, Arkansas, about 14,000 people, three Christian schools. Uh, one was going to go out of business, and, and everybody's money was on the one that God had called us to. And uh, we left that school. There was only two Christian schools in the area. And the school had gone from 60 to 120 students, and God had really blessed us. But he allowed us to come back to Florida. pastor asked us if I'd like to come back and do youth. <laughs> I had never, well, I'd worked with youth at the school, and you try to be a youth pastor and a principal. Five days a week you're a principal, and two days a week you're a youth pastor. That's really difficult. But I said, okay, we got, Cynthia needs to come back to Florida. She never even changed her driver's license. She'd watch University of Florida football games and cry. I cried because they beat Florida State. But So we came here in January of 2008. Now, I don't know, some of y'all who were here then realized that this, this place looked much different. We had pews. Um, we had a different color carpet. Carpet was on its way in. There, these... These walls here were real walls. And there was a wall along the back, and the sound booth, you kind of went in, and, and it was kind of like a cage, and, and John Monroe was running the sound. And over here was our offices, and, and Belinda was the office manager, and, and Bill Keller was the uh, um, treasurer, and he had this little corner, and, and I had a little cave back there that I went into, and, 
and we started an amazing thing. We had a youth group that was interesting, but God really blessed that youth group. Let me tell you, two of the young men that were in that youth group when we first got here are ordained ministers of the gospel. Many of those, <laughs> two of the kids I thought would make me, would, would break me, served as our youth leaders and a deacon in Lake Mary, and God's done tremendous work in their lives, and they're, it's, it's, it's amazing. God brought us here, and uh, uh, the first year was kind of difficult. The church was only running about 120 at that time, and it was a little bit difficult. We kind of had to go part-time. I did some secular work, worked at a hotel, worked at, a, uh, at school, but God started blessing this ministry. We did a lot of outreach, and, and this ministry started growing, and it started growing, and God was all over this place. We were going through great times. We were going through sad times. Hurricane Charlie showed up. Friday the 13th, 2004, August 13th, 2004, tore this place to pieces. Turned out to be a great blessing in many ways, though. We almost lost one of our church members, tractor flipped over on top of her. Uh, it was crazy things. This, this, this auditorium was all messed up, but God blessed. We were able to do an outreach and feed several thousand people over 11 days. Churches from all over the state brought stuff in. We were able to feed people. God blessed. We had over 100 families. If you remember that summer, it was hurricane after hurricane after hurricane. And we had, it, it's, people started getting a little bit crazy. And we had a mass exodus out of this area. We, this church lost over 100 families. But you know what? We never, ever went down in, in uh, attendance because God was moving folks out. He was moving other people in. And again, God blessed, and, and he, uh, we were able to bring in new buildings, and we were able to, to start the process on the MP building. And, and uh, in 2006, August 2006, God brought us some great help in Ben and Megan. And we start, kept growing, and God was blessing. And um, in 2007, I talked to pastor, and I said, I have a desire to pastor. Would it be okay if I started to look? So we started praying, and God opened the door for us to go to Lake Mary, Lighthouse Baptist Church. Uh, the first time we spoke there, it was uh, in November, right the day after Thanksgiving, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. I remember that too. It rained all the Saturday night, and two of our kids were in college, and they met us there, and, and um, we, uh, uh, we watched the Florida State-Florida game, and Florida creamed. Florida State. I probably shouldn't talk about those things. I get in trouble with that, but it's okay. And I, we spoke there, and then we came back and spoke again, and they called us to be the pastor in, in January 2008. Um, we borrowed a camper, and Zach and I moved to Lake Mary, living in a very interesting campground. <laughs> Asked Larry. It was a it was an amazing place. And Cynthia... Cynthia was the bookkeeper at that time and, and was finishing up books and trans, uh, transitioning the office and, and all. And so she didn't get to come up till February. She'd come up on the weekends. And, and then God used us there. Lighthouse Baptist Church of Lake Mary was a very small church. It was running in the low 40s, high 30s. And they had gone through some real difficulties. And it was close to closing the doors. God blessed us there. 
I learned a lot there. I learned what it meant to be a senior pastor and carry the, the burdens of, of our folks and, and loving on our people. I've, I walked through tragedies and I walked through victories. Of course, I've done that with some of you all here too. Uh, Lighthouse started growing. God blessed us and, and we started growing and, and uh, uh, we got where we were running in around 60. Now, I have to tell you, we were a very interesting church. Some of you all visited us there. You remember we have, that, that church is made up of modular buildings. I was right at home. The one thing that church really had going for it has an incredible barbecue grill. Incredible smoker. And pastor promised me when I came back, that was the one condition. I want a smoker, and he has never fulfilled that. God used that smoker to help us reach the area. Um, Again, this is a little bitty church, and we are in the middle of one of the most upscale neighborhoods in uh, the Orlando area. Um, billionaires live right around the corner. Uh, the guy you see uh, for the people, that attorney, he lived a mile and a half from our church. Of course, he doesn't go to church. <laughs> uh, Dwight Howard, who at the time was center for the Orlando Magic, he lived three miles from the church. Lee Corso from ESPN lived right behind the church in a neighborhood called Heathrow. This big wall you can't get in. Um, Tim Raines, a former uh, um, Major League Baseball player. We live in a very upscale neighborhood, and our little modular buildings and our folks were, were, were kind of a country. We were like a little country church in the middle of this incredibly wealthy area. But God blessed us. We were able to get involved, and we got some things happening, and and then we came to a point and where God started dealing with Sunji and I that, that it was time for us to go on. It was time that what we had been doing was great, but it was time for us to move on. We thought we were going to the mission field. We, uh, had, had, uh, we were praying about it. In fact, we thought Zach was going to go, and when he wasn't going to go, we were going to jump at it. Missionary Damien Pickett to uh, Manchester, England, was coming home on furlough. He needed somebody to cover for him for about, oh, you know, about a year. We thought, what a great time. I always wanted to go to the mission field. We'll go over there, and then and, uh, we will uh, we'll cover for his church. I've been there on several mission trips. God had blessed us. The, his people knew me. And um, then Pastor Bales called. He goes, I want to talk to you and send you. Can she take off? She actually did take a vacation day so we could meet and, with Pastor and Charlotte and talk, and it was during an April. Um, we were on our way to the youth conference at Trinity, and Pastor was coming up, and he made me this incredible offer. Would you come back to Sunshine? Now, I want you to understand, you're not coming back to be the pastor. You're, I'm not going anywhere. Um, and you know what? We can't pay you what you were making before, but we can put you in a, in a mission department. Um, I don't even know if you, you don't even have a title, but I need your help. And we prayed, and we realized that's what God wanted us to do, so we came. There's people up there right now that are really mad at this church because we left. In fact, I have one lady, she passed away, but she, every time she saw somebody from Sunshine come, she got all nervous. Don't let them take you back. Please don't take them 
So we came back, not knowing what our future would be, never, uh, never thinking that this day would come. But God's in control. So let me share with you my philosophy of ministry. God uh, has given Pastor Bales, you've probably heard this, lift up Jesus, take care of what God gives you, and he'll give you more. You've probably heard that a lot. Well, let me line out my philosophy. We reach the world through building relationships. With that in mind, let's turn in your Bibles, if you will, to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew 22. Jesus is being grilled by the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they're trying to, they're just trying to trip him up. And starting at verse 34 in Matthew 22, it says this. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The entire Old Testament hangs on those two commandments. I'm going to go ahead and read another scripture, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. These are the great commandment and the great commission. And if you look through those, you're going to find something. Everything that goes on in those, loving God, loving your neighbor, or loving people, making disciples who in turn make disciples, is all relational. And let me tell you where this relationship starts. It starts with a relationship to God. And you know the cool thing about this relationship we have with God? He's the one that initiates it. He's the one that pursues us. He's the one that comes after us. This is a great verse. 1 John 4.19 We love him because he first loved us. He loves us. He came to look for us. Here's another one out of Romans. But God commendeth his love and that yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And of course, one of the greatest verses, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. You see, our God loves us. He loves us unconditionally. A God that, that created us loves us. Even though, as his creation, we rebelled against him, our fathers did, Adam did, 
And since that time, we have inherited that rebellion, that sin nature, and we go against God, but He loves us so very much. He has pursued us. And it all starts with Him. So the question comes, well, how do we respond to that love? And the Bible teaches that if we love God, then we will respond to His love through obedience. I think it kind of starts here. Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You see, there's how we enter a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, John says this, But as many as receive Him, to them He gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. It starts when we respond to God's love and we respond to the sacrifice that Jesus Christ has made for us to redeem us and to reconcile us so that we can have a relationship with that God who loves us so much. And when we understand that, the only response can be obedience and to call upon Him to save us from our sins. But not only do we want to call upon Him to save us from our sins. John 14, verses 23 to 26. Can we repeat that one? He didn't get that. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings. And the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which has sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. John 15 goes on and on and talks about how the Father has loved Jesus and how he has loved us and how we are to continue in His love. And if we keep His commandments, we'll abide in His love. And then He says this, this is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Once again, in verse 17 of John 15, we are commanded to, to love one another. So the relationship starts with God loving us. We respond to God by loving Him back and by being obedient. There's your first part of the great commandment. To love the God, Lord God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. And then to love your neighbor as yourself. Then we have to start loving people. And you know the first place we need to be loving people at is our relationship with each other here in church. We are all, I'm going to make an assumption, probably not a wise thing. Those of you who are followers of Christ, those of you who have received that, that forgiveness, we are to love one another as brothers and sisters. Romans 12 talks about this. Romans 12, 3, 4, Say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith, for as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of another. 
having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with chilfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, that hoard that which is evil, cleave to that which is good, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, and honor preferring one another. We need to love each other. There's that second big relationship. Our relationship to God and our relationship to each other. Every one of you have been given gifts. Every one of us. Some of you have multitude of gifts. And we are to use those gifts to, to minister to one another. My wife is so merciful, so compassionate. She's smiling back there. Man, if something happens, she's going to be right there to try to help, and she's probably going to say it's her fault, and she's so sorry. She should have been in there earlier. The coffee pot at the bottom burnt out, and coffee went everywhere. Um, Gretchen and I just kind of looked and said, you okay? <laughs> Mercy's not my greatest strength. Working on that. Um, but we are to use our gifts to take care of each other, to love one another. And you know, that doesn't mean we have to like each other all the time because I know that I'm not all that likable. I mean, there's the thing. Pastor Bales and I work really well. He is such a great front man. He's got all those great jokes and funny, and I can give him the background, and, and I get to be the, the bad guy. He hates being the bad guy. He loves to let me be the bad guy. I'm looking for somebody to be a bad guy for me. So I can be nice. We need to love one another. Use our gifts to minister to one another. 1 John 2.9, He that saith he's in the light and hateth his brothers in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whether he goeth because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see, we have a relationship with each other in the church. In that relationship, we have some that are teaching. Dennis is teaching tremendous lessons on the tabernacle at 8.30. Tonight, at 5 o'clock, Dave is teaching a series in, for men in the man cave. And man, he does keep that place like a cave. And, and tonight at 5 o'clock, we're working on counterculture over here in the MP building learning how to deal with all the weird, crazy stuff that our world's going through. How do we do that through the, the, the focus and the lens of the gospel? Carol has her classes, meets right after this service. We are doing that by, we teach one another. We are encouraging one another. We are lifting each other up. You know what that's called? That's called disciple-making. We are encouraging. We are lifting up. We are teaching. We are growing each other as we are growing our relationship with God. See how it works? We love God. We have built our relationship with Him, and as we're building our relationship with Him, we're building our relationship with each other, and we're fulfilling that great commission and making disciples who are going to make other disciples. And it brings us to the last relationship. That relationship with the, with the lost world. And we get down to that great commission of going. Matthew says that we are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are to go out and we are to take the gospel 
And we are to, to flavor this world and to preserve this world and to light this world to the, the glorious good news that Jesus died on the cross, rose again after three days to redeem us. But how do we do that unless we're out there building relationships? Last night I was standing at a gate for a, uh, an hour or so at the, the uh, block party. And a lady came by and just kind of touched my hand and smiled and said, how are you? Thank you. She's a principal at Port Charlotte High School. And a few, about a week or two ago, um, our church and a few other churches made breakfast for all the teachers at Port Charlotte High School. She really appreciated that. Friday, I got to, I was at Port Charlotte High School twice. One speaking at the FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes at, at quarter to seven in the morning. And then at two o'clock, I spoke for the football team. Willing relationship. Those Half of those boys don't know Christ as their Savior. Tomorrow, we're going to work on building some relationships at Port Charlotte Middle School. We're going to, it's Teacher Appreciation Week. We're going to cook. We're going to cook. We're going to cook hamburgers, hot dogs. They're going to have hot food. They're going to be able to come and get it. We used to do barbecue. But I, what I found out is we take all that food and the teachers eat at different schedules and they don't get the, the teachers that eat last get just the leftovers. And the first ones to get all the food are the cafeteria staff and the janitors. And the teachers end up swinging. So we're going to, we're going to avoid that by cooking right there. Anybody want to help, let me know at the end of the service. And then Tuesday, we're going to do that same thing at Neil Armstrong Elementary, where over the past three years through Good News Club, close to 40 kids have come to know Christ. At Port Charlotte Middle School, we've had, uh, even this last Thursday was our last club there, I had two kids tell me that they prayed to ask Christ as their Savior. But more than that, the teachers love us. Why? Because at Halloween, we took them little baskets or little bags with a New Testament and candy in it. We dropped them off a candy bar. We did breakfast for them at the beginning of the year. We're building relationships with them. And you know what? The time will come when they need us and we will be able to help them come to know their Savior. We're being salt. We're being light. We are building relations. That's why we go to the Homeless Coalition. It was amazing. This, <laughs> those of you who, who work with the Homeless Coalition, you know last month we had so many people we were stepping all over each other. This month, we didn't have enough. <laughs> we were scrambling. It, they were down. We go there, and we do that for a reason. We try to get the gospel to them, but there are some folks we're, we're not, but we can pray with them. We can show a little bit of God's love. We're salt and light. That's what God's commanded us to do. And when we are salt and light, that gives us the credibility to introduce them to Jesus Christ, the thing that will solve all their problems. So you see, if we're going to reach this world, if we're going to be obedient, if we're going to return that love that God has given us, then we have to build relationships. We have to build our relationship with God. We have to build our relationship with each other within the church. And we have to build our relationships with those who are in the world. This isn't something new with me. When we were in Gainesville years ago, pastor was allowing me to, to come up with a mission statement and 
and uh, which he talked about last week. That was a Campbellized mission statement, something I wrote in, in Gainesville years and years ago. But I, God laid on my heart that if we're ever going to reach this world, we have to build relationships. And that has been my philosophy, my theme, my passion ever since, to build relationships with God, with each other, and with the world. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, let me tell you, when you enter that relationship, your word will get turned upside down in a good way. You will turn from darkness to light. And if you're here and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, don't wait. Enter into that relationship. God loves you and He is pursuing you. He loves you just as you are. You don't have to get straightened out. He will straighten you out later. And He'll continue to work in your life. But you need to come and know Him this morning. In just a minute, we're going to have a, a time of invitation and a time of prayer. And, and if you don't know Christ, come, let us take God's Word and show you how you can know for sure that Christ is your Savior and you have a home in heaven. How you can enter that relationship with God and start the most incredible journey of your life. If you're here, and maybe you're hit, sitting here and there's somebody across this room that you have a, a difficulty with. Maybe it's time that you ask forgiveness. Maybe it's time that you made that relationship right. Because see, we are here together and we must unify. And we must minister to one another. Well, because God has told us to. And then, maybe you've lost a little bit of that burden for the, world, for the lost world. Maybe you're here and and this world, this life has gotten so busy and there's so many things going on all around that we, we don't even look at the people we, we go by. We've forgotten to be salt. We, we, we don't take the light out. Maybe it's time that we become salt and light again. Whatever your need may be this morning, God may be talking about you something totally different. But whatever that need may be, respond to God. Respond to His love through obedience and loving Him back.